Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner and I'm joined here at the King Power Stadium by James Sharp, my colleague, and the Mercury, and we're going to be discussing everything Leicester City coming out of today's press conference with Claude Puel ahead of the trip to Stoke City mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday. First of all, uh, in traditional style, just want to offer you all some free beer, not out of my pocket. You've got to go to beer52.com, uh, register and use the tagline Leicester, and you can be enjoying eight beers from around the world. And all you've got to do is pay for your postage and packing. So head over to beer52.com and use the tagline Leicester. Now, James, the uh, even before Claude uh, turned up at the stadium today, there was some breaking news from Leicester City. Yeah, good timing, wasn't it? About 15 minutes before Puel came in, we um, heard that Damari Gray has finally signed his new contract at Leicester City, a deal that runs until 2021. And yeah, it's finally been sorted. It's been talked about for months, I think. I mean, I remember Craig Shakespeare saying it's only 24 to 48 hours away and it never really materialising. But now... The new man is at, is at the helm. There's, there's a stability now about what the, where the club is, and Gray feels that this is the right time to commit his future to the club, which is good news for Leicester because, as we saw against Everton, given time, given a chance, and given some learning and some nurturing, Leicester have a very very good player on their hands. Exactly. I mean the. We were expecting this news weeks and yeah. weeks ago when Shakespeare was still manager, and he, in fact, he said he, he was expecting it in 24 to 48 hours after a press conference, and it never quite emerged. That was about a month ago. Yeah, I mean, we understand that um, the majority of it was agreed dead. So, what the actual delay has been, uh, we spoke to Damari in the pr- uh, mix zone after the game on Sunday, and he seemed to hint that it was waiting to find out who the new manager was that was delaying it. Uh, it may have been that they may have been just looking for the perfect time because if you whack that in the middle of the manager just been sacked and perhaps it doesn't look so great but I don't think it was ever in doubt that he was going to sign and he's committed his future to the club and that's what exactly how Puel described him he's the future of Leicester City along with Ben Chilwell um, today um, and interestingly as well something we've always said about he, he, he wants him to improve in the final third with that final pass, got great build-up, got great penetration, as Claude says. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's got to improve in the in the final third, and he yeah. was asked to liken him to Eden Hazard, wasn't he? Yes, it? I know he was. Yeah, we, it's something we've always said about Gray and how he's how he has been frustrating at times because there is so much talent there, so much capability and potential, but sometimes it it I find it difficult to get that going every time. If he can perform regularly, like he did against Everton, then. That is exactly that's the dream scenario against Everton. He was he was brilliant that eighty yard run, but not just the run. He finished it off with the perfect pass at the perfect time, which is what he hasn't been has struggled to do before. But if he can pick that out, then that's what they need. And the fact that Puel has has mentioned that and talked about that shows that he's kind of he knows that what's what Gray needs to work on. So it looks like he will probably he will look to nurture Gray and get that out of him and. It's probably the reason why Gray's kind of happy now to sign it because 
his first game in charge, he's shown that he wants to give youth a chance with Gray and Chilwell. And if you have got a manager, if you're young like Gray and you've got a manager that's shown straight away, I'm going to give you a chance, I'm going to put my faith in you, you're only going to respond well, aren't you? And it's not just Gray as well, no, the other young players as well. But look at that and go, well, I've got a chance now. If he's going to go with faith, put faith in youth. As he did do against Everton, and he has done in the past. Yeah, then you know he, as as I just uh, yeah. referred to, he, he brought uh, Eden Hazard through, didn't he, at Lille, when he was a sixteen-year-old, and they said it was the same scenario then. Great bags of talent, uh, great potential, just needed to improve that final pass on cross or shot, and certainly Hazard's done that. As <laughs> Leicester City fans will testify from that goal Which against Spurs. So, uh, yeah, so that was great news at Tamara Gray, who's been uh, including the England under twenty-one squad along with Ben Shilwell. Um, for uh, their trip to Ukraine next Friday, European uh, Championship qualifier. Of course, they got to the semi-finals in the finals in uh, Poland last summer, only to lose to the Germans on penalties. That's a familiar ending, isn't it? Uh, but there was a bit of news about Chilwell. Yes, I mean when he got he withdrew from the last England under twenty-one squad last month because of a knee injury. Now I'm not sure whether it's the, the same knee that's troubling him, but Powell confirmed that. Chilwell is a bit of an injury doubt for Stoke. He's he picked up a slight knee injury. He's going to be assessed on Friday to see whether he's fit enough to train and then also fit enough to play at the weekend. Um, disappointing if he is, isn't fit because, again, he's another player that probably has shown faith in, another player that's got a, a heck of a future. Questions now over what role Puel sees Chilwell in now. I mean, we're used to seeing him as a left back, but. But against Everton, he played him in that. Obviously, he was a wing back as well. But against Everton, he played him not even as a wing back, as a as an out and out winger. And he said in his press conference that he's that word again, penetration and quality. He has the ability to get forward like that. And interesting how he sees Chilwell. But again, another star for the future. Well, he's a very intelligent lad. I had a good conversation with him after the game on uh, on Sunday, and uh, he came across really, really well. Uh, ben, very mature. I imagine he's the sort that every manager would love to to manage. He looks like he's an absolute sponge to soak up information and uh, take stuff on board. And whether it's that sort of role, that attacking role or a defensive role, I'm sure he'd be adept at those. I mean, they are both young players, Gray and Chilwell, and they are going to need time and there will be inconsistencies. Um, as you inevitably get with young players, but we we'll uh, see that with Ndidi, don't we? Yeah, we do. But Ndidi, it seems to respond when he's got Vicente Abore alongside him, or previously Danny Drinkwater, an experienced midfielder, that can help him through games. And uh, you know they've got bags of potential, but they also need a bit of patience as well. So, you know, hopefully Ben's knee problem won't, won't keep him out of Stoke because uh, we he was asked whether he will go with the same approach with Mares in that number ten role, Chilwell, Gray on the flanks uh, away at Stoke as he did at home against Everton and uh, he said uh, home and away is no difference so do you think that's a bit of a do you think that's a bit of a risk? Uh, It will be I mean it's difficult difficult to preempt what he's going to do because he said he said last week he wasn't going to change too much and then he and then he left out two of his most hard working players in Albright and Okazaki he also said that he wants to give Leicester different styles of play depending on their opponent and Stoke and Everton, you would say, are slightly different. But then he was asked today about how he would approach the game, and he said he would he, home and away. He wants to he wants to kind of attack and and be positive. Whether going away to Stoke slightly different though, whether he'll change it, um, whether he will need the energy of Okazaki in there at a, at, a, at a tough ground to go like Stoke, albeit they're not in the best kind of form. 
uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Uh, the whole the Mares thing, I think his relationship with Rian is going to be really, really important because we know we know that Mares over the summer made it clear he, didn't, he wanted to leave ideally. We spent most of transfer deadline day in an airport, so we know how much he wanted to get that move. But under Puel, who is a fellow French speaker, we saw them in discussions at the full time against Everton. They're in discussions in French. It's easier for Puel, he says, to speak to Mares in French. He can get the details, as he likes to yeah. call them, over to him. Um, so I think if he can, if those two can have a strong relationship, that's only going to build well for Leicester. Yeah, but he talks about seducing him in the past, so how strong a relationship is that? Um, and he also revealed they, they were work, talk, working on free kicks yes. on the training round today, so we know he's going to be yeah, taking the free kicks on Saturday if they get one at Stoke. Yeah, but I think that's key as well, you know, that relationship, um, that French talk. Because I mean, obviously we see um, Pierre comes in, he has a translator with him. His English is, is good, we, we can understand it. He, most of the time he can understand. He even you understood you, you me. Answered your first question. He even understood me today. And uh, that, that goes to something, because Claudio didn't sometimes. But um, yeah, <laughs> no, so, We struggle. Yeah, and so he, he had an interpreter to help him out on a few occasions. But there's no communication issues with Mares and a few others in the squad. One of them being, we didn't know this, Adrian Silva. Yes, he's a, he's a well, one of French speech and also, according to Claude Poiler, need, probably need to check this, born in France. Mm, um, born in Bordeaux, he yeah. said. He's born in Bordeaux to Portuguese parents and he chose, opted to play for Portugal because of that. But uh, he said he's a French speaker, so he's been there having good conversations with uh, Adrian Silva, which brings me to another little section of the press conference. He was asked, although he's only been at the club a week, he was asked if he uh, thought he needs to strengthen the squad. Yeah, never too early for questions. No, it's never too early about transfer questions. Are never too no, early. I'm surprised he didn't get asked them last week on his opening press. Well, he, he, obviously, he got asked about uh, he was this French TV were over here, and he got asked whether he wanted to bring free agent Hatem Benarfa over, who he's managed before. And to, to be fair to well, he just said, "And I hardly know my own squad at the minute, let alone." already thinking about bringing other players in and he said the same again today he said look it's far too early for me to look at who I want to bring in in January I need to get to know my own squad get to know the potential of my squad and what we can achieve as a group and once I know that then I can look towards what I want to bring in and that's that's only sensible isn't it and there's no Puel needs to get needs to get his players behind him and he needs to get the players on side one way of not doing that is by coming out straight away and saying, I'm going to bring in him, 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 and him and replace you. So he's only, he's doing the right thing and saying he needs to get to know his own squad first, which is to be expected. Yeah, exactly. But he's quite excited about having Adrian Silva. I'm sure yeah, we all Leicester are. fans are excited as well, seeing Adrian Silva in action. He's a big fan of his as a player. Uh, and that'll help Silva as well integrate, won't it? Having somebody he can communicate with, a manager that can nurture him a little bit over the coming weeks as well. So... That was uh, that was pretty positive news. Uh, other stuff coming out. Let's talk. Finish off the team news, injury wise. It's as expected, isn't it? Yeah. So Robert Huth is, is still out with an ankle injury, and Matthew James is still out with an Achilles problem. And he also mentioned that Johan Benlawan is suffering from some slight injury, but he isn't really considered yeah, now. N- yeah, but new manager might have an opportunity at some stage. I mean, it looked like he was definitely out in the cold. He was in Siberia under Craig Shakespeare. But That's uh, true, yeah. He uh, might be I warming think he's up a little fr- bit. He's now. another fellow French speaker, I think. Uh, as yeah, well. of course, yes. Yeah, so. Um, so that might well help him. But Robert, who's the interesting one? Because it's all... Uh, that he well, Over the summer, he had his ankle injury and he had his ankle surgery and then he came back 
and the whole, the message coming out of the club was he's, he's ahead of schedule. He's ahead of schedule. Played ninety minutes for the for the under twenty three. quite away ago now. He's not been. He hasn't been seen since. I mean, he's been said that Shakespeare kept saying it's two step, one step forward, two steps back, and now for God knows how long he's he's been not even in the picture. So I, I, I'm not quite sure what setbacks he's had, but. But it doesn't seem to be promising. No, it looks like we could be uh, without Robert Hood for quite a while. Matty James, though, um, I understand Matty is hoping to get some football uh, under his belt after the transfer, after the sorry, after the international break, not the transfer window, after the international break. He was in a boot before. Yeah, he? but he was. I saw him walking uh, around the uh, corridors of King Power Stadium after the Everton game, and he seemed to be okay and. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, because he's the unluckiest footballer I've ever come across in terms of <laughs> yeah. injury after injury after injury. So, uh, hopefully, we'll see Matty James back, and he'll give um, Puel a few more options, especially well, with got... the way he's playing with the system he's playing. Yeah, and well, he's got huge dynamics. Then, if you if we throw ourselves forward and look at, say, we get to January, and you've and Matty James is in a position to to play, and he played well at the start of the season before his injury. Let's not forget that Adrian Silva can come into the side. You've got Ebora, who's with every game that's going by, he's looking the the real deal, and looks like a real calming influence, not only on the whole team, but as at Wilford and Didi gives him more freedom to go and express himself and not have too much responsibility on his shoulders. Wilford and Didi is well there in central midfield. Options there then of some real real strength in depth. There got Andy King as well there, who's who's also at the club. Real strength in depth there, and in a position where not so long ago they were looking threadbare. And what he does with formations, Silver is going. You're going to hope he's going to play. How he fits in system-wise with Ndidi and Ibora is going to be really interesting. I think. Well, let's talk about Stoke City because um, Puel. Uh... Faced Stoke twice as Southampton manager last season, and they never managed to score one single goal against them. So it's not the greatest of records, and uh, You've got better strikers. Yeah, though. that's exactly it. But um, he said um, the last game of his Saints managerial ship was against Stoke, and it ended in a one 0 defeat. So he hasn't got happy memories of of Stoke City. So what do you think of the chances at uh, the Bet Three Six Five Stadium, formerly the Britannia Stadium? Well, a quick look at the quick look at the odds as we normally do. Um, in the build-up and and Stoke he left they're going to the game unbeaten in five games uh, three wins in a row in all competitions and uh, at a ground where they've not lost the last twice they've been there against a team that's pretty in and out they've lost three of the last five Stoke are still the favourites which I, which I did surprise me slightly I thought Leicester would go there um, a little bit favoured but I think I think Leicester got a real good chance now Um they go there in decent form. I mean, well, the way they played, all the concerns that there were about the kind of negative style of football, and was he going to put everyone to sleep with with the way they played? And speaking to some Saints fans before he joined, they were saying he's great if you like the ball being passed sideways for ninety minutes. None of that in that first half against Everton. If they can hit Stoke with that kind of play. I think that's still be okay. I think they'll be, I think they'll be fine. It'll be good. Well, I don't. I don't think they're going to lose. At Stoke, I've got a feeling that they'll. Well, I think a draw is probably the most likely. But uh, Look, the last five they've been there, they've come from two goals down. To yeah, draw. they've always been eventful games there. Oh, last season was ridiculous. That was the one where Claudio Ranieri had to be restrained from Craig Paulson at half time. Paulson had coins thrown at him from the away end. He booked six of Leicester's players, sent off Jamie Vardy, and gave Stoke a penalty. It, 
all I think in the first half or nearly all about it in the first half yeah there was eventful ones yeah. that's one where they get the game afterwards against Everton there was 30,000 Jamie Vardy masks in every scene <laughs> yeah, 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 one of the exactly. strangest sights I've ever seen in my life yeah even for Rebecca Vardy that's going to be strange <laughs> Uh, yeah, so check back on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page for all the stories that are coming out of this press conference ahead of the game against Stoke, and we've got all the build-up on our website. Don't forget bet365.com if you want some free beer. Um, I've tried some of them, and they're well worth a, a taste. And uh, we'll uh, speak to you soon.